I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, the Republican Party seems to be fairly quick at dismissing college students these days, writing them off as liberal leaning and inconsequential voters. Uh, but a new poll shows that these young adults may be more moderate than they get credit for, and they may be critically important uh, to whoever decides they want to win in the midterms or on into 2024 in the presidential election. Someone who's been taking a deep dive, look at that. Sam Abrams, a professor of politics at Sarah Lawrence College, also a non-resident senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, has been uh, digging into this great piece on real clear education, why Republicans should not run away from higher education. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Professor. And uh, give us just a little bit of the, the backdrop. This is one of those think again moments, I think, uh, where people assume that uh, colleges and universities are, you know, very liberal leaning and uh, there's no hope for the Republicans on campus. Uh, what does the data tell you? So I, I thank you for having me. And I, I really hope that the GOP is listening here. Um, I work at Sarah Lawrence College, a famously liberal, famously activist institution. But even at one of our nation's most liberal schools, there are so many moderates and so and, you know, a significant number of conservatives. Um, you know, the problem that we're dealing with is that we have a small minority of people who are very active. They're on Twitter. They're on TikTok. They make a lot of noise. And they are basically hijacking the narrative, hijacking our conversation. Um, you know, they'll, they'll be in the class and say, you can't say that, or they'll threaten professors or they'll threaten students. But what you discover very quickly when you dig a little deeper is that most students hate that. They hate it. They roll their eyes. They don't want someone doing that, number one. And then number two, they're open. They actually want to know what's going on. They don't like this liberal nonsense. They are fairly centrist because they've grown up in an era where they're used to so much information, and a significant number are actually conservative, well over a quarter, mm. who really go, I don't like this, but they're afraid to speak. Yeah, it's so fascinating. And uh, you, you dug into some of the, the data from Harvard Institute of Politics uh, from, from their poll. Uh, and as you, as you look at that, uh, again, this really could be the group that uh, is a little different than they're often portrayed. One of the things that has caught my attention and something I've really believed in, and that is that uh, many of these younger voters are, are actually a little more civic minded, a little more communitarian than their parents or, or a lot of their other you know, non-degree holding counterparts. They, they are. So first of all, they are far more civic than their non-degree uh, counterparts. And that's not a knock at folks who don't go to college. 
but it's just a fact that they tend to be more politically active uh, and engaged. And they're much more engaged and open to being engaged than the millennials. The millennials people always think are young, you know, early 20s. They're not. Our millennials are late 20s, early 30s at this point, and Gen Z are the folks in college. Gen Z looks different. They grew up differently. They don't like the progressive monoculture. Mm -hmm. So the message to the GOP, to the leadership, to state and local folks is simply this. Do not write these kids off. They Mm -hmm. want something else. They're ready to be engaged. Let's give it to them. Let's engage them. Let's get, Let's get some dialogue going. And, you know, I think they'll show up for you, for, for, for folks in 2022 and 2024. Yeah, I think it's so interesting. Uh, uh, for years in, in politics, there was always, you know, that there was going to be the, the big wave. It was going to be the big transition election. And it, it sort of became that, you know, the college students were, were the great unicorn. You know, they were they were going to make all the difference and then they wouldn't show up and wouldn't show up. Uh, but now we have a group that appears to be that they are going to show up. Uh, and as you said, it's it's time to engage. And, and really, I think whichever side uh, gives them a cause or a reason or an invitation to be part of something, to be part of a story, uh, actually has the, the leverage going in. I think they do. And if you look at, uh, you know, what our students are concerned about, uh, you know, finances, they're looking for economic growth, they're looking for security, they're looking for privacy, they're looking to achieve the American dream. I think the Republican Party is very well poised to jump on this. These are issues that are, are near and dear to the GOP. And the students are looking for, for a voice, but they're having trouble finding one. Uh, and that, that's uh, why this is so important. And I hope uh, some of the leadership listens and stops writing this cohort off. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I've often said that, you know, there used to be some uh, kind of some cachet in, uh, you know, being a card-carrying Democrat or a card-carrying Republican. Uh, and those days seem to be over. Uh, but I don't think either side has done a good job of saying, look, come come be part of this. Or can can we learn from you what to do about that? Uh, what are some of the ways that you think either party, whether it's Republicans or Democrats, ought to be engaging this group in a little different way? So, you know, it's funny when, when you say that the, the Democrats don't even know who they are. The infighting in the Democratic Party is so scary and, and it has really turned off so many of our, our college students today. When I talk to them, when I survey them, they dislike Biden. They feel betrayed. They don't know who speaks for the Democratic Party. And, you know, when, when they hear certain folks like AOC, they go, this is too extreme. So, so they're, they're, again, looking for something else. Any form of engagement would simply be having folks come to campus make public presentations, understand that there may only be a handful of people. This is a process that's not going to happen overnight. This is a process that has to occur over months, if not years, where you know candidates come. Candidates may have awkward evenings of only two or three people, but it will begin to snowball. That's what happened with the progressive left. I watched it develop over the last 20 years. And you know, students are a little afraid to attend some things. They're afraid to be labeled. But again, it will occur, but it has to happen slowly. And we need patience. So the GOP, if they're willing to play that long game and willing to send folks in, I think they can get there. Yeah, I think that's an important point, Professor, of sometimes you just have to show up. And sometimes you have to show up in places where you may not be welcomed with open arms. Uh, is there anything or else? Or seemingly welcomed. Exactly. Yes. Seemingly welcomed, <laughs> which is really, really important. Um, you know, one, one point I say all the time about that is that there are certain places where the GOP has given up. Mm. Uh, and that's for even in New York, where I am. The disdain for the Democrats is very high. The Republican Party would be so well served uh, trying to find quality candidates and, and people who are willing to step up and make you know, principled arguments. We need that as a party. 
Yeah, principled arguments is the name of the game, and that's always where the country is at its best when we have those engagements on principles as opposed to just the politics and the the personality contest for sure. Uh, Sam Abrams, professor of politics at Sarah Lawrence College, non-resident senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. Professor, we always appreciate your insight. Uh, And this is when we're going to have you back on because I think we're just warming up this conversation as it comes to what's happening on campus how that will unfold in the fall elections, but in particular as we start marching towards 2024. Thanks so much for your insight today. Looking forward to it. All right. Again, that's uh, Professor Sam Abrams uh, from Sarah Lawrence College and American Enterprise Institute. He always has great perspective and great data. Uh, And I think that's so interesting for both Republicans and Democrats uh, that there is a different way to engage this group. And I know many Republicans who have given up on college campuses saying, oh, they're just the breeding ground for the liberal left. And the data just does not bear that out, uh, that the if you look at the numbers and what it really looks like, uh, you've got 32 percent of college students identify as liberal, 21 percent claiming to be conservative, 46 percent call themselves moderates. And most of them, as the professor rightly pointed out, want to have a different kind of conversation. And so whether you lean to the left or lean to the right, uh, it's time to have a different kind of conversation if you want those magic up-and-coming voters uh, to be on your side come fall. All right, we'll step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, President Biden signed an important piece of legislation over the weekend. Find out what that's all about coming up next on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 